0: If you kind of like fitness, then you'll definitely, definitely love this podcast. podcast.
1: You are listening to the Fit-ish Podcast, where you'll hear a lot about fitness and a lot about other Ish. Other Ish. other-ish. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fit-ish Podcast. This is your host, V. Alan Yee, alongside ASAP Mani, a.k.a. Monica Blanco, a.k.a. Monica, shake that A, dollar sign, dollar sign, Blanco, aka, ooh, baby. On today's episode, we talk about how to program your workout in the gym, how to not fall into a plateau, so what you should be doing on a week-to-week basis. We also talk about the benefits and possibly importance of stretching after a workout. And lastly, we finish by talking about the anabolic window. So if you're someone who is new to the gym or just doesn't know exactly what to be doing at the gym and you need a little help, this podcast goes through all of those from start to finish. You get a whole workout prescribed to you. You get programming ideas and guidance. And we also end with talking about what you should be doing after a workout, what you should be finishing with in terms of stretching, in terms of food and eating. And we talk about the anabolic window myth and why that is so prevalent. If any of those things interest you, please do stay along for the ride. This is a great episode. And before we begin here in about 30 seconds, I just want to ask you guys that if at any point you guys enjoy what we are saying, please go ahead and like, and save our episode that helps us in the algorithm for Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, Anchor, wherever you're listening to from, and share it with your friend who might find it beneficial. And with that being said, here we go. Oh my God. I'm so tired.
0: Dude. What? What do you
1: mean? What do you mean, dude? I don't I'm know. I'm tired.
0: Nice to meet you.
1: Oh, hi. How are you?
2: I'm well. I am also pretty tired, honestly.
1: Yeah, you had an early morning, didn't you?
2: Not too early. Nine.
1: Wait, check your WHOOP data. Let's check Let's check our WHOOP data because I did not get a lot of sleep. I checked mine this morning. Let's see. I slept at 2.23 a.m., woke up oh at 7.05 a.m., so three hours and 49 minutes of sleep. No. But my recovery is 56% which I feel like is a false recovery.
2: I think I get that too. Sometimes like there are days where I lack sleep and it's like in the sixties.
1: Yeah. And I'm in the green. Yeah. So I think fitness trackers, depending on who you are are either really helpful or really hurtful. Cause I know some people who would like see a bad number and be like, even though they would feel like they got rest, they would see the number. That's me. Like bad, like a bad in the red recovery and be like, you know, maybe I did have bad sleep. Maybe I don't feel as good as I think I do.
2: Yeah. They let the recovery or the, sorry, the tracker dictate how they feel instead of their body.
1: Yeah. You think you do that?
2: Sometimes. That's why I like went on a really long break without using trackers for a while.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: But listen, I was pretty similar to you. I got, I slept at 205. Woke
1: up at seven fifty three. Well, five seven fifty three. Wow, we're basically you got four hours, five hours. It says
2: five seventeen.
1: Interesting. But my oh.
2: recovery is only forty five percent.
1: Yeah. Also, guys, if you're listening to this, um, I have a link in my bio, and I'll put a link in the show notes if you guys want to try out the Whoop strap. This is not a sponsored episode. This is not an ad necessarily. I mean. They don't pay me to say anything, but you would get a free month off if you use my use my link to try the Whoop Strap. And in return, I get uh, a month off. So you get a month free and I get a month free. Give one and I get one. It's a win-win. So it's a win-win. Uh, back to the fitness trackers. Do you use an Apple Watch too?
2: I used to use one, but I stopped mm. because it was really annoying me yeah getting the notifications also again same d- issue with like I want to close my rings
1: yeah I think that's yeah I was thinking about it because I really want to have an accurate measurement of my steps oh and I saw a YouTube video of a person who was like they were going Thanos level so they had an aura ring they had uh, whoop strap then they had the apple watch and then they had a continuous glucose monitor all on one Oh arm.
2: <laughs> my god wait was it just to compare like the I, they data? were like yeah
1: comparing all the data and then they had an extra glucose monitor just to uh, that was the extra part but they were comparing the aura ring whoop strap to the apple watch
2: what was so the they
1: ha-
2: conclusion
1: uh i mean it really depends i guess we can talk more about Fitness trackers, and I guess what they do well and what they don't do well. So with the aura ring, I think between the aura ring and the whoop strap, the whoop strap is much more accurate um just because of where it is on your body. and I think Whoop has much better data data capabilities capabilities. They have a lot more analytics. They give you like a weekly assessment and a monthly assessment. And you're also answering questions after you wake up on like what your routine was for the night before.
2: Oh, those are kind of annoying.
1: They are kind of annoying. And I miss, I've been missing a lot of them, but I think they're really good. If you really do want to like really hone in on your sleep routine and see what works like you can have a question. I mean, you can modify the questions. You know that, right? What do you mean? You can like, if some questions just don't apply to you, you can take it off completely. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I try to like keep it as, I don't know, yeah. stuff that I would do, maybe not do. And it's just right. like-
1: Right, and like basic questions that they they'll ask is like, did you have caffeine yesterday and how much? Okay. So like for those questions, like, did you have caffeine? I'll just answer yes or no. I don't put how much I had, but if you really want to get to the nitty gritty, you can be like, I had 200 milligrams of caffeine and you can see how the amount affects you. You They ask you, did you have melatonin? How much melatonin did you have? Did you have CBD oil? How much CBD oil did you have? Did you read before bed? Did you use your phone before bed? Um, did you wear some blue al-
2: light blockers? Did you drink r- alcohol?
1: Right. Did you drink alcohol? Did you eat before bed? Did you meditate at all yesterday? Things like that. And I think Did those questions masturbate? are-
2: Did you masturbate? Did you use a weighted blanket? Oh.
1: Are those really?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Interesting.
0: Not that I would know.
1: I think I need to add some questions to uh, to my whoop data <laughs> to really yeah. see. Because yeah, I'm getting skewed numbers then. Because some nights I fall asleep faster than others yep. due to due to reasons um but that's the whoop strap the aura ring i don't know if they have questions like that i haven't looked into it too much i think they do have a set of questions like that but i don't know if they have like the monthly and weekly data like looking at everything holistically Mm -hmm. and then finally the apple watch i'm not sure there might be like third-party apps that can do that for you i actually think I know there's one third-party app that does that. And it costs a monthly fee, kind of like the Whoop. We can talk about pricing also after this. Um, there is a third-party app for the Apple Watch that does do similar things to Whoop, like asking questions to see like what effect- affected your day, affected your sleep, affected your recovery. And I don't know what the name of it is, but I do want to figure it out. So if anyone knows what I'm talking about, please DM me. Hopefully, I can find that and add it into the show notes, which I cannot promise. But if I do find that, I think that's something really cool that I do want to try if I do get an Apple Watch. Um, in would terms you wear of,
2: both at the same time?
1: Yeah, I would wear both. I would want to see what, what difference there would be. Mm. And I don't know if I'd do the same arm. I think I'd have to do right and left. I think the reason for the same arm is because of the discrepancy in like Where vein size. And, yeah. Wow. Um, let me see. Last part of it is the pricing. So whoop is the only one that's a subscription model. So it's thirty dollars a month, and the reason behind that is because they are putting all of your data into a cloud software system and then using their algorithm to give you all this feedback information. Like when they give you a monthly assessment, they show you all the days you had red recovery yellow recovery, green recovery, and what affected those. And like, what were the biggest things that gave you a a certain percent change? Like if you stop drinking caffeine and you note that for 30 days, they'll see that like you had a sleep increase in heart rate variability of 20%. There goes the coffee for Monica, just reminded her to drink coffee and they'll show you that how that caffeine change affected your heart rate variability, which is super interesting. So that's the pricing for Whoop, Apple Watch. I know you can get them for as cheap as maybe like 200, 250 for used ones and they go up to I don't know, 600 for the ones with cellular and stuff. Aura Ring I think is around like 280, 200 depending on what you get exactly.
2: You Fitbits and like those other oh, Garmin right. watches are those
1: I I think yeah, Fitbit also has a heart rate uh monitor and Yeah, I just really haven't really looked into them. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. My parents only use them
2: to track their steps. They have like a little thing on their ankles.
1: Oh, like an ankle monitor.
2: Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, what are you on, house arrest? Because they literally wear it with everything. Even if they're going to a party or something where they're dressed nice, they'll still wear it on their ankles.
1: Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I want to wear my whoop 24-7. I love seeing my data. Do you not? Well, I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like on modeling shoots when I can't wear it. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can't have you wear any accessories. I'm like, dang. I wanted to see how my heart rate changes while I model. When you well, take do, you pictures. Get, do you get
2: nervous when you model? Not anymore. You used to at first.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Reps. It's just reps.
1: Well, I mean... The nervousness would would come from not being lean enough. Like, oh man, yeah, that used to be a mental block for me. Is like, but there's only been one time where I had to be like shirtless for a good portion of the shoot. Like, usually they have clothes and they're trying to sell the clothes, Mm. so you're wearing the clothes and shirts. So very rarely am I shirtless in my fitness shoots, which I didn't realize how not off how often people aren't wearing shirts or how often people are wearing shirts, how often I'm not shirtless. I was surprised by how often I wasn't shirtless. I thought I would be a lot more shirtless.
2: Okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So that was like the mental block at first, like being nervous about what, what figure I was presenting to them because like they see the pictures on my portfolio, which I'll link in the podcast. You guys can check out my uh, agency's portfolio on me and see those pictures Ooh. And so, yeah so but yeah at first i was like oh like do they know they hired me and not the guy who's like pictured over there like those those are two different people right now and then the second part that i would get nervous about would be like my acne and acne scars mm. but they always touch it up like even if on my worst days they touch it up like either with makeup or in post-production they really could care less or both yeah, both, mainly, usually both.
2: What a tough job. I could yeah, not.
1: I could, could see not. how it could, could damage damage your mindset. But at the, yeah, I could see how it could damage your mindset.
2: I'm like, well, you're very resilient and mentally tough.
1: Thank you. I mean, yeah, I've never looked at it as a job. They've always been really fun. I've always had a fun time modeling.
2: Wow. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah. That's, how did we get to talking about modeling? I don't know. Oh, it was about the fitness trackers.
2: Oh yeah. If you did notice anything from the loop. Or you can't, but.
1: You can't. Um, Yeah. So that's the fitness trackers. I'm glad we were able to talk about that. I did just have a workout. So my strain is at a 10.1 strain already.
0: Oh, I did not. Well,
1: What's your strain at? Weren't you coaching people this morning? Yeah,
2: I I coached this morning. So I like half do the workout with them or just like show Mm -hmm. them what to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm not actually doing it because I have to do two more today.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, I saw your schedule.
2: Oh, it's at 8.1. Not too bad.
1: Not too bad.
2: Not too bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think for... A lot of people, a fitness tracker is not necessary, especially if you're beginning. If you're a beginner, this information is not the information you need to be focusing on.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people have trouble even setting up a workout. So I think the next part we can talk about, since I just worked out and you just worked out, the next part we can talk about is how do you set up your workout when you go into the gym? So, haven't you been going to the gym recently? Back, back to the gym or are you still home gym?
0: I'm still at, home.
1: At La Casa ASAP.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: I'm still home.
1: La Casa ASAP.
2: If I'm traveling, then I'll find a gym mm-hmm. or use the hotel gym, but usually mm-hmm. I'm at home. Okay. I'm also getting so much
0: activity since I've started coaching more. Mm-hmm. So
1: You're coaching every day?
0: Almost every day.
1: From what time to what time? Or like how many hours in the day?
0: Uh, kind of depends. Probably uh, six to eight times a week.
1: Six to eight times. And then uh, how many hours in the day?
2: Oh, I guess. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Let's just say two
0: hours every day.
1: Two hours every day. Like two clients every day or clients sometimes or group oh interesting two but two every day for the whole week
2: Mm -hmm. so
1: maybe like 14 the whole week yeah 14 sessions interesting well let's get back to creating the workout so like what are the first things you do if you don't plan out a workout and you head to the gym well first i think that's a loaded question I was going to say, what, it,
2: what is your goal?
1: Yeah, right. So that's the first problem. If you're going to the gym without a plan, you've already lost. you failed to prepare. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. John oh, Wooden. Wow. wow. Um, yeah, that was in the UCLA gym. It was always there at the water fountain as you're drinking water. Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. And so I always remember it now.
2: Oh, my so, God. That's actually, I really like that. You always God make fun of quotes. me for cliche quotes. Oh. I guess that's not really cliche, but it's a good quote.
1: Yeah. Cliche would be like overused, right? I Is guess. that part of cliche? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. But back to creating a workout. You, you need to have a plan when you head to the gym. I think a lot of people, myself included, fail When they head to the gym without a good plan. I know when I go to the gym without a plan, I either take too long because I'm trying to think of what to do next. Yep. Or, and, or I just don't hit my goals. Like if I don't have a goal in mind and then I think of one on the spot, I'm not going to hit it because I didn't prepare myself. There's a little bit of uh, a central nervous system thing that goes along with it. Really interesting studies on people who use meditation and think about bench pressing. They saw, I think it was a statistically significant number, something like 20%. They could bench 20% more if they thought about the reps in their head. And I know in sports psychology, that's a huge thing is like going through reps in your head. That way, when you get into like the game or into your workout, you've already prepared your CNS to fire whatever muscle systems you're trying to work on.
2: Yeah, that's like um visualization, like right. visualization, visualization technique, yeah. Exactly. I do that sometimes.
1: Yeah. So it's like if you know what you're going to be hitting in the gym, you give it at least a small thought. And so that way when you're in the gym, the movement's not super you know, random. It doesn't surprise you, it doesn't come out of left field. So you got to prepare when you go to the gym. And so what are the main things to focus on? What are some things that people should have in mind? or should write down in terms of workouts and how they should plan their workout. Like how do you plan your clients workouts? I'm I'm sure you're not just guessing on the spot and giving them donkey kickbacks into into reverse lunges.
2: I usually program clients um full body.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It also just depends like if I'm cuz if we're talking about a specific client then I have to know how much time they're able to dedicate to the gym. So I'm like, are we just talking okay. about just one day of a workout?
1: Yeah, let's start with one day. Let's I'm your client. I want to work out. I text you. I want to work out tomorrow. What should I do? I haven't gotten a plan yet.
2: Okay, then I would say, "Let's hit let's get the most bang for your buck with timing and everything. I want to do all of the compound movements or like do a variation of the compound movements. Full what
1: body. do you mean by compound movements? What does that mean? I'm new. I don't know Which any one? of this.
0: Oh, are what are, like what are you thinking? joint exercises like
2: squats.
1: Okay. Squats.
2: A hinge. So a deadlift.
1: Deadlift. Okay. I see the thought pattern. So squat to deadlift.
2: Push. So a bench press or push-up.
1: Bench press, push-up. Okay. When you say push, you mean like pushing with my chest?
2: Yes. Upper body push.
1: Upper body push. Okay.
2: And then then upper body pull.
1: Upper body pull. What's like the pulling motion? like?
2: So a pull-up or a row
1: variation. A pull-up or a row. Okay. Cool. Cool. So we've gone squats, deadlift, bench press, and a row. Or squats, deadlift, bench, or push-up into a row or a pull-up, right? Yes. Cool. We can even add an overhead movement, like a shoulder press.
0: Mm. Right?
1: So there you go. If you're listening right now, we just gave you a whole workout. Five movements, squat, deadlift, bench press, row, and then an overhead press or a shoulder press. And so those could either be done all with dumbbells Preferably, if I've got a client that I've worked with and worked on form with, we could do that all with just a barbell, right?
2: Yeah, but that worked on form thing is like the biggest thing. I think that should be...
1: Priority number one.
2: Yeah, for any beginner.
1: Yeah. I think you can start with a barbell if you start with just the barbell and practice the movements. People tend to forget that working out is not just going through the motions, but it's actually practicing the movement. And I think once you go from the mindset of I'm in the gym to sweat and exercise to going into the mindset of I'm coming to the gym to practice the movement and train my muscles, there's going to be a huge paradigm shift. You're not looking at the movement anymore. You're looking at how to maximize efficiency on the movement. And by that, I mean, how do I get better at this movement?
2: Moving with intention. I, yeah, you, you can go. think of every single workout as practice. You're just practicing these movement patterns every time you walk in.
1: Yeah, especially if you were a former athlete, like think of it as practice in a good way, not in, sorry if that triggers anyone, like not practice, like as in like running the whole entire time after everyone misses free throws while you're on the free throw line and then you have to get down into a bear crawl position and grab a towel and start wiping the court down from sideline to sideline and yeah just to make to, it and, worse yeah no yeah no so <laughs> don't think of it as practice like that cuz that that's bad think of it as practice like you know like the beginning of practice like working on your form working on improving your speed your strength things like that that's what we mean by practice
2: And also not every practice is going to be, you know, the best ever. So like you're going to have days that are not.
1: And not every practice is going to be the hardest ever, right? Mm -hmm. You don't go hard at every practice. Uh, There was a question about working out. So maybe we can talk about working out and how often you should work out. So I think with that plan that we just prescribed, which was all the major compound movements So compound meaning using more than one muscle group at one time. So squat, deadlift, bench press, row, overhead press. You can, for most people, you can do that three times a week, full body. Do three full body workouts in a week and you'll be good. Why three? Why do people say to do it three times a week? Why would you prescribe it three times a week, full body?
0: I think because in the beginning... I would say,
2: maybe they're not used to moderating their intensity as well, so you're giving your body adequate time in between sessions to recover and recuperate itself from the session before. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as you like advance and you keep practicing, uh, I think you'll be able to tell, okay, maybe I do want to do four days a week or five days a week, and now since I kind of have a better feel for my body and what it needs, then you might be able to moderate it, moderate the intensity. So how hard you go, how much effort you're putting into each set Mm -hmm. of your workout. Mm -hmm. um, You want to avoid overdoing it, Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning.
1: Yeah. And I think for a lot of beginners, just doing three times a week, it would be hard to overdo it just because of like the extra rest you're getting. And so I think that's a good place to start. Once you start, if you're trying to go for five times a week, full body, that's really easy to overdo, mm-hmm. especially for people who are wanting to do five times a week. It me- probably means they're using full intensity at each session and really just like are driving themselves to the, to the edge of the cliff.
2: Yeah. It's not going to get you... To where you want to go any any faster if you do right. that.
1: It's actually gonna the ROI, the return on investment, that you got to think of lifting similar to any sort of bell curve is like the least amount you give is over here and that gives you no return. And as you progress and as you add in more and more intensity, you'll reach a peak or a pinnacle or what's another a zenith, right? Is that another word for peak? <laughs> oh reach- yeah zenith and then opposite of zenith is nadir so you'll reach a zenith and that's like the most efficient workout you can have and then even if you go past that point and you try to add in more intensity it doesn't keep going up it starts to go back down and mm-hmm. if you add so much intensity it's like doing the most is the same as doing the least so you want to find a good middle between doing the most and doing the least and it's just doing enough being average
2: yeah we just want to enough yeah that's good enough
1: aim for average i guess we need to reword that because it's not like yeah but aim for average average, i guess quote aim for average i guess Um, our
2: favorite quote is get more doing less that's our favorite quote yeah
1: get more doing less perfect get more doing less and i think that's what a lot of people general population that's what they want uh yeah So that's the workout. Oh, also the benefits of doing it three times a week. At minimum, two times a week is okay. Full body. I would highly suggest three times a week is because if you are a beginner, you get to practice that movement three times a week. And think about it. If you miss a day and you're trying to go three times a week and you only did two times a week, two times a week, you've hit each muscle group twice that week, which is kind of in that sweet spot for how much frequency you want in order to build strength and muscle. So if you're hitting two times a week, that's great. The problem with a five day a week bro split that the three day full body split kind of covers is the weakness of the five day bro split, which is like Monday chest, Tuesday back, Wednesday shoulders, Thursday, sorry, Thursday arms, Friday legs, something like that, where you're doing like like one body part each and every day. If we break that down you've only done one body part in one week whereas the three-day full body split you've done each body part three times that week and let's say you miss a day you've only done you've done everything twice that week which is more than going to the gym five times a day or five times a week and hitting only one body part each day right Mm -hmm. you've done double technically you've done double than that um, and again, with that bro split is you can overreach. Like there's only so much you can do before the gains are diminishing. Like you're not going to get more by doing more. So that's kind of the reason with the three-day full body for a lot of beginners, the benefits of it. And you're practicing the movement again three times a week. You're getting better again. Think about if you've ever learned a language in the past. Is it easier to go to class once a week and try to learn the language? Or do you think like the way you did in high school where you're going basically every day and learning the language? Sorry, not every day, but oh, that's going to be that's going to sound backwards. That's going to be counterintuitive. I think that's going to be confusing. Sorry, let's say you get you can either go and never mind, skip all of that. No more (laughs) language. I was trying to think of an analogy. It just did not pan out the way I wanted it to. That's okay. This is what happens you when you fail to prepare. I failed to prepare my analogy and so that was preparing to fail. And so that analogy did not make the cut.
2: There we go. That was a good
1: one. Should have fleshed it out. See, this is real world application on preparation. Well, we created one workout for people, right? That's pretty good.
2: What about the beginners that are like, what about cardio? How do I do cardio? Should I do
0: it?
1: Right. Well, the first question I always ask is, do you like cardio? Like, do you enjoy running? Because there no. are some people who, well, you don't, right?
2: I don't. I don't. There are some people that me.
1: genuinely do. Like for a period of time, I enjoy, genuinely enjoyed running. I found lots of benefits for like mental clarity and mental hygiene that I really enjoyed running. I like the technique, helps with like photo shoots because I'm working on creating better form that is better for photos. Because if you ever see if you're a real runner and you see someone who's a model and they take a photo and they're about to heel strike subconsciously and psychologically you're less likely to buy that product because you feel like that person isn't a real runner and so therefore if you were to get that product they're not they're not creating it for real runners does that make sense
2: yes interesting i just like whoa yeah
1: it's like the same thing for like If someone was trying to sell you like fitness equipment or fitness technology, and they were doing a a quarter squat, you're like, "Well, I'm not gonna buy that. They're not even squatting correctly. Like they must not think of they're not having me in mind. Like I don't know who they're trying to sell this to. They're not selling it to me though. So that's kind of my idea of uh, when I got into cardio. But first question is, I ask, do you enjoy cardio? If it's yes, do it first. Sorry. Second question, do first question. God darn it! I am all <laughs> over the place today. Hey, I am
2: all right. You had should. a little caffeine. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> okay. Deep breathing. Okay.
2: Now let's just take a couple of deep breaths together.
1: People listening are like, God, just speed it up. We just want to get to the good stuff. All no, right, you gotta, you ready. gotta, you gotta know, you gotta wait. You gotta wait.
2: Yeah, you if gotta you be patient to, with us. Wait, if you.
1: If you do want to get to the good stuff fast, listen to it in 1.5 speed. Uh, I listen to all my podcasts in 1.5 speed. Gets way better and I can just, yeah, I love 1.5 speed on my podcast. Anyways, first question I ask, do you enjoy cardio? If the answer is yes. Second question is, do you want to get better at cardio or at lifting? If they want to get better at cardio, do cardio first. If you want to get better at lifting, you need to lift first. So if you enjoy cardio, but you don't want to get better at it, lift first, do cardio after because you enjoy it. You enjoy cardio.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Also, it's like in the grand scheme of things, it, as long as you're getting both done, it doesn't matter that mm-hmm. much. Like mm-hmm. um, Jordan said, he always says, do the one you hate first. Mm. That way it's out of the way. And then exactly. just finish your workout. It it really doesn't matter that. that much, which yeah. what the order is.
1: Yeah, you could. Okay, well, the only reason I would disagree is if it's like hard cardio, if like people are going on like a few mile run, because I know if I did that, I wouldn't have enough energy left for my strength training. And I want to oh, yeah. prioritize my strength training. So, which one do you want to prioritize? So, I say my idea is like, which one do you want to prioritize and get better at? You should do that one first. But I can see the logic behind doing what you hate first, if it's like very moderate, low intensity, like if it's going for a 10 minute walk to warm up for your workout, which is what I do sometimes is like, that's perfectly fine. I'm not Mm -hmm. straining myself. Like it's not hard. I'm literally just walking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And then there's also the people who hate cardio and don't want to do it. And I think when they think of cardio, they think of running. Like if you hate cardio, you hate running. Those, those are two different things. First off, running is not synonymous with cardio.
2: That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah.
1: Because walking is still cardio because it improves your cardiovascular health. So okay. I'm not going to tell you not to do cardio. I'm going to tell you if you don't enjoy running, you don't have to run, but I'd say still get in a walk. If you're actually like into longevity of health and fitness, like you can still walk right. every day. Like I don't want you to be Totally sedentary. There's nothing wrong with walking. There's nothing yeah. wrong with walking. And I think that's where people get messed up is like they synonymize cardio with like running or sprinting, something hard.
2: Yeah. That's what I was, I was like, I'm trying to backtrack and think if I said I hate running or I hate cardio. I definitely don't hate cardio. Mm-hmm. I hate running.
1: You hate running. <laughs> yeah. i hate running. Yeah, and some people hate running. Yeah. Um, so if it's walking, you know, perfectly fine. But there i hate i hate bringing this study up because then this gives people the reason to like say oh like walking is pointless and it's useless and all cardio is useless is because there are studies now showing that the cardiovascular benefit of moderate to high intensity weight training has similar benefits to the cardiovascular benefits of Running X minutes per week, like
0: oh. same of
1: like twenty to thirty minutes per week.
0: What benefits? Have you seen that
1: study? Cardiovascular benefits. So weight training has cardio- cardiovascular benefits itself. Yep. Yeah. But the reason why I didn't want to bring it up is then people say, like, oh, like, see, like walking, running, all other forms of cardio are pointless. You should just weight train.
2: Oh, and okay. I, think, I see what, I see yeah, what you're saying. There's
1: benefits okay. to all modalities, is what I want to put out there. It's like there's benefits to walking, benefits to running, benefits to weight training. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean other people don't enjoy it. Kind of depends on their goals.
2: Yeah. It's not, there's not one best thing to do. And it's also like what fits within your lifestyle. What are your preferences? Like if,
1: yeah, if, if there was enjoy
2: it, just then do it.
1: Yeah, if there was one best thing, I think someone would be very rich and have solved all of all of the problems within fitness. Just like how when people say this one easy fat loss trick, like I always think, damn, why don't you just solve the obesity epidemic?
0: Yeah, I
2: think about that all the time. Obesity
1: crisis. Like I know it's multifactorial, but like if you really have the magic pill. And you really think that this is the best thing ever <laughs> to be on earth, and you can't believe no one else knows it. Why don't you just, I don't know, sell it to the government for billions of dollars and fix all our problems? Right.
0: Yeah. But yeah. they can't,
1: they can't because there is none. There is none.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. We
2: wouldn't be here. So,
1: yeah, we wouldn't be uh, certified personal trainers. I think what we should do next, now that we have the workout. Okay we've talked about how many times they should do it. Maybe we should talk more about programming. Or maybe... I think we already answered it. So when we talk about programming, is like it was back to how often should I work out, which we said three times a week, full body. The next question would be, for how long should I do that? Or for what period of time should I do that? Because I, I feel like people... People understand that you need consistency, but even though they understand that, they switch their routines up too much and too quickly. Mm-hmm. As in, they don't see results within the first two weeks and they're like, ah, oh, this isn't working. I'm just going to change it. So, I think we should go over what you should be doing on a week to week basis. So, let's say week one, you're starting with just the barbell on all the movements, saying you're starting from uh, positions of Not going from couch to gym. Like you've been in the gym for a little bit, you kind of know how to do a squat, do a bench press, do all those movements, and you can use the barbell at least. If not, you're using dumbbells. What should they be doing on a week to week basis? And the first thing I think of in terms of progressive overload is either adding reps. So going from maybe Doing eight reps on all of them to going to 10 reps on all of those exercises. So, three sets of 10 reps, going from three sets of eight reps the first week to three sets of 10 reps the next week. Mm -hmm. Another way to do it is maybe week one, you start three sets of 10 reps with the barbell on all of the workouts. Week two, still three sets of 10 reps, but now you've added five pounds to both sides. Right. Yep. And then week three, still three sets of 10 reps, you've added 10 pounds total to both sides for all the movements. And then let's say week four, you still feel strong, you're still progressing, still doing three sets of 10, but you've added the weight. You've added 15 reps or 15 pounds to each side. So you've gone from five pounds to 10 pounds to 15 pounds, and then you can go up to 20 pounds. You're still getting strong, right? Still doing well. What should people do once they can't get stronger because right you're not going to be able to add five pounds for the rest of your life every time you're not no you're not i know that's sarcasm that's sarcasm that's sarcasm (laughs) yeah obviously you're not gonna be your progression is not gonna be linear or else monica would be able to deadlift a brick house by now i can oh well not pardon me, excuse me. So Monica, what should people do once they hit a plateau or aren't able to add any more weight to get the prescribed amount of reps? Let's say they're doing three sets of 10 reps and they've been adding weight five pounds to each side for the past five weeks. And on week six, week seven, and week eight, they weren't able to add any more weight. What should they do?
0: Well, I would always program a deload week in
1: after okay. like
2: that first okay. like four weeks, mm-hmm. just to give your body like you know time to chill.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe like some more adaptations need to be made. You can prioritize rest. Mm-hmm. Um, But I don't know. After that, I would probably switch up the programming, like the exercises, so the variations of the exercises. Mm-hmm. Um. Or, like, incorporate different training like modalities, like if there's like a pause reps, mm-hmm. or like more time under tension, so like one and a quarter reps, one and a half reps, something like mm-hmm. that.
1: Yep. Time under tension is really underutilized. So here is the next step if you're trying to program for yourself. So the first one, we talked about adding weights. You're adding resistance, you're building up your strength, building up your muscles. The next one in terms of progressive overload, is keeping the weight the same, but adding reps. So first one we talked about was adding weights, adding resistance. That's part of progressive overload. Next part of progressive overload, if you can't add any more weights, see if you can keep the weight the same, but add reps. So let's say now you're into a new block of training. You're starting back at week one. Let's say you're starting with the weight you plateaued at. So let's say you've got 15 pounds on each side. Now, what I want you to try is see if you can do three sets of 12 and then maybe three sets of 15 the next week. Do that for a little bit.
0: At that same weight?
1: At that same weight. Yeah. Actually, just keep it at three sets of 12 for a few weeks. See if you can do that same weight for a few weeks. Right. Or,
2: yeah, sometimes I feel like even dropping in weight a little bit.
1: Okay, let's talk about dropping in weight.
2: If you're trying to increase your reps.
1: Mm -hmm. So you say, maybe let's drop the weight and let's do instead of three sets of 10, let's go for three sets of five. But wait, we can keep the weight the same actually. So, oh, here's another way to progressive overload is through set volume. So let's keep the 15 pounds on each side. You were trying to do this for three sets of 10. Let's go down three sets of five. Sorry, but add a little bit more weight. So 20 pounds on each side. Are you following? I think so. Okay. So we failed. We plateaued at 15 pounds on each side for three sets of 10. Okay. Let's now go up in weight, actually. So 20 pounds on each side. Okay. But we're going down to three sets of five reps.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Next week, we're going same weight, 20 pounds on each side, four sets of five reps. Yes. Week after that, as long as you're able to hit those five sets of five reps. Okay. Do you see how we've increased volume through that? Three sets of five, four sets of five, five sets of five, keeping the weight the same. You got stronger. You've done more with the same weight and progressed over time.
2: Yes. I thought you were talking about increasing reps.
1: Mm, No, increasing sets. Okay. So we've gone over different ways to progressive overload. You can add weight to the bar. You can add the amount of reps you do, or you can add the amount of sets you do. I think where people get messed up is trying to do all three. People will try to add more weight, add more reps, and add more sets right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you know you're overdoing it. If you're, trying to, if you're trying to increase all three of those things, if you're trying to add weight to the bar every week, add reps every week and add sets every week, you're going to start to overreach very quickly and you're not going to hit your goals. So I would say pick one of those things and work on it for four weeks. You're either trying to add weight for four weeks and keeping the reps and the sets the same over those four weeks, or You can add reps each week, keeping the weight the same, keeping the sets the same and trying to increase the reps, maybe going from 10 reps to 12 reps to 15 reps, three sets at the same weight. Or lastly, the last thing you can try is increasing the sets. So keeping weight the same, keeping reps the same. So like we said keeping the weight at maybe 20 on each side, keeping the reps at five on for each workout. But then now your sets are going to increase from three to four to five, maybe six. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. What about someone that maybe only has body
2: weight or one set of dumbbells? How do they do that?
1: Oh my! A hard question. Yeah, I it's know. Tough. It's tough. I think the best way, if you've only got body weight, is to well first Google um, muscle cell hyperemia. I want you to do a little research. Hyperemia is basically the increase in blood flow to a target cell, and in this case, if it's exercise through body weight, it's increased blood flow to whatever body part you're training. So with body weight programming this is how I think of it. You don't think of it like a regular gym, gym workout where you go in, you're going there for 60 minutes, and then you're done for the day, right? That's how a gym workout usually goes for most people. Most people don't go to the, into the gym three or four times a day, right? Unless that's... If you like have your, the time, cool. You got the time and the money and the capital to be able to spend your whole day at the gym. Or if you work at the gym, you're the only people going to the gym more than once a day. For body weight training, you the most benefit I saw was doing it more than once a day. Mm. And with that comes a decreased intensity. so you're not going as hard as you would for a full session, even though with body weight training, you can very much keep the intensity pretty high because since it's body weight, you re- tend to recover faster, right you don't have that uh, weight resistance really tearing and. Destroying your muscle fibers like you do body weight, it's very hard to create that stimulus. That's why, if you were to only do body weight and calisthenics, it's going to be hard to gain a lot of muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Not saying you can't, but it just takes a lot more effort, time, and energy. Yeah. And you want to create a system, which means save yourself time, energy, and in some cases, money. So, S Y S. T-E-M, create a system, save yourself time, energy, money. So if you're S, Wow, okay. Cool, that's what a system, that's what system means. So body weight, what you're gonna do, what I did, instead of doing one 60 minute session, I found benefits from doing three or four 20 minute sessions interspersed throughout the day. So whatever workout I had planned for body weight, I would split that up and do
0: just 20 minute sessions throughout the day. Okay.
1: Yeah. Do Oh, but do you want like workouts for body weight?
0: Oh, no, I wasn't even thinking
2: about that, but...
1: Oh, well, yeah. Oh, you were asking. Just well, how
2: how they would progress. And I was just thinking...
1: Oh, how Simple, they would progress. like less
2: time in between
1: your sets. Oh, progressing with body weight. Yeah. Yeah. The progressive overload for body weight would be, yeah, trying to do the same amount in less time
0: mm-hmm.
1: or trying to do the same amount under more time under tension. Yes. So like 25 push ups, but trying to do it spread out through like two minutes instead of just like pumping it out. Like right. going one, two, three, four, five, just going. Nice and slow. One. Uh Uh-huh. Two. Very slow. Three. Four. Like that. That's gonna create a lot more time under tension.
2: It also, yeah, it helps to think about like your muscles don't know load or weight. They just know tension.
1: Right. So I think that's uh,
2: something like earlier when I was mentioning time under tension in the gym. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even if you did keep the weight the same, but you just moved really slowly. I don't know. I think that is another cool way to progress. Your muscles
1: would think, yeah, it's the same. Like doing a hundred pounds, but repping it out within 10 seconds, you can find an equivalent weight, maybe like half the weight, but Mm -hmm. do double the time and your muscles would think it's the same. Yeah. The difference would be in terms of myofibular versus sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, which is something I've been looking like really into because I really want to add some mass. So with the difference between the hunt, people would ask like, well, why don't I just do hundred pounds all the time? Or why don't I just do 50 pounds, but double the time all the time. And the reason why is there's a difference between like actually creating change in the muscle cell or creating a change in the extracellular matrix of the muscle cell. So two ways to gain mass is by increasing the size of the muscle cell itself through hyper hypertrophy muscle cell hypertrophy or the second way would be to increase the sarcoplasm which is kind of what you get from like the pump like just Mm. increased blood volume and like water volume to the extracellular matrix of the muscle cell not the muscle cell itself but like the surrounding parts of the muscle cell within the fascicle so that's kind of the difference between like why you would pick a hundred pounds like a heavy weight and do it quicker versus a lighter weight but doing more of it over a spread amount of time.
2: Yeah. I feel like does that have something to do with like the neuromuscular like recruitment too? Like if you're moving slower?
1: I think it would deal with like the recruitment of like your fast twitch muscle fibers versus your slow twitch. So fast twitch are the bigger fibers. They move more rapidly with more power like harder contractions but they tire out very quickly and then the type two there's type 2a and type 2b right i forget there's type 2a type 2b and type 2x right and let me just check on that real quick slow twitch muscle fibers let's check uh so Oh, sorry. Ooh, we messed that up. Oh my God, we messed that up. I messed what? that up. I messed that up. Um, sorry. So, slow twitch muscle fibers are type one. Fast twitch are type two. And the fast twitch can either be type A, type B, or they've seen a type X. Uh, not too much research on the X, but there's a small difference between type 2A and type 2B. Anyways, type two is the fast twitch, those are the bigger muscles, they move fast but they tire very easily. Their main source of energy is through glycogen. So glycogen and uh, creatine phosphates. So when you're thinking of like people sprinting, they're using tons of glycogen, tons of creatine very quickly. And we'll do another episode on why creatine is so beneficial for any sort of strength athlete. Yeah. Because there's also brain, brain, um, effects of creatine which is interesting we'll get research papers for that and go over that so that's fast twitch slow twitch they are much smaller and more efficient at movement meaning they don't tire as quickly and um they're more efficient at using oxygen and atp and can even uh wait for glycogen to be restored after it's repeated to use it so more efficient at using glucose oxygen and atp phosphate let me just let me just make sure the slow slow twitch are smaller right yeah yeah they have to be i'm thinking marathon slow twitch sprinter fast twitch yes which oh that could be a whole another discussion is people like People training for body types, like training to look like a sprinter versus training to look like a marathoner. Oh, people which, do that? Yeah. Okay. Which is, that gets into like, yeah, never mind. Ignore the last part. But yeah, that's the difference between slow twitch and fast twitch. So
2: that's why we love the glutes because they're made up of both.
1: Yeah. Aren't they 50 50? Like exactly?
2: I don't know about those. Numbers, I guess. I I don't know.
1: Isn't Brett Contreras like the
2: the glute guy,
1: Brett yeah. Contreras? Didn't he his whole research was on butts? Yep. But, He's an okay. ass man. Oh, so it looks like gluteus maximus is more slow twitch than fast twitch. Around 70 percent slow twitch. 30, 32% fast twitch.
0: But that's why they can like recover quicker, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else did we need to cover? I think we covered just about everything. We gave you guys a workout for the gym, how to program week to week. If you hit a plateau, if you guys need any extra programming advice, I got. I want you guys to check out My new program on Superset app. I'll put that in the podcast and in the show notes. It's also in my Instagram bio. It's a 12 week upper lower split. So instead of three full body days, it's uh, upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body. So two upper body days, two lower body days. And this is for, I'd say, intermediate people. So
2: how would you define intermediate?
1: I would define intermediate by six months to a year of weight training experience.
2: So they should have the basics down, the basic movement patterns, right? Right.
1: If I asked them to squat, bench, deadlift, they would know what to do. They Mm wouldn't need help setting up. They would understand the form and the mechanics. They would just need help on like how exactly to program. And of course, like people can always, you know, need help on form. I always am trying to improve my form. Always. What I mean is that like their squat looks pretty good. They're not, they don't have like problems with their squat knees caving in rounded back or overextended back able to get a good range of motion. Things like Uh that is what I look for in form. So those would be the intermediate people where they just need help in terms of programming their workout, figuring out what, what they should be doing on a week to week basis.
2: Yeah. Helps with structure
1: for sure. I mean. And even I need structure. Like I want to hire a strength coach to create a workout program for me. That's like more like what football players do for the NFL combine, just cause like, it seems so fun to me to like do workouts like that. Like there's triphasic training, which is, uh, the idea of like using, using a certain movement, like a bench press, and then mm-hmm. immediately transferring it over to like an explosive med ball chest press so it's That's like really cool that sounds yeah, fun or like you're doing um box squats like heavy three rep box squats right into really explosive box jumps so you're going from heavy weighted oh God. easy rep or low rep into this very quick expression of movement and power in a body weight movement or a lighter movement and so that's super interesting to me. That kind of gets into like the slow twitch versus fast twitch, like muscle fibers, like getting them both to activate, getting into like muscle recruitment patterns. So I want a coach to like give me something good for that. So every everyone, coach needs a coach. Every coach needs a coach. Every workout, every trainer needs a trainer. Every personal trainer needs a trainer. Everyone who works out needs a program. Even the top of the top ask yeah. others for for programming advice
2: maybe i'll sign up for your your superset app
1: hey i i i actually know the person who made it because i made it so i have access to it so I can okay give so it maybe you i free. should
2: go through the program and you know give everybody updates
1: do you want you're gonna spend money i could give it to you for free is what i meant yeah or no but i'm you, like
0: actually gonna do it
1: oh okay yeah yeah I'll, I'll add you to the invite list right now. I would love your feedback. Yeah. Also, there's a seven-day free trial for anyone who's wondering. Like, There's a seven-day free trial. Look, I'm not saying you should do this. But if I were in your shoes, hypothetically speaking, as someone else, this is what I would do if I were to do it. I would, I would sign up for the free trial. You do have to put in credit card info because after the seven days, you get charged. But here's what I would do. I would put that info in, do the seven-day free trial. What I'm going to do is screenshot and write everything down so that I have it somewhere. And then right after I'm done with that, cancel my free trial. Now you've got, hypothetically speaking, if I were to do this, that is what I would do. But here's the setback if I were to do it, is that I wouldn't be able to get access in the future to the future programs because I'm not just going to write one program. I want to be writing a program at least every month and have people testing them and trying to get down to the nitty-gritty. I think having a program structured for you every month would be a game changer for a lot of people. But if I do the 7-day free trial and I write all that down and I only get that one program, I'm not going to have access to any of the future programs or any of the live Q&As on Zoom with me or any of the other good things that I'm going to be putting into So you are
2: giving extra support. It's not just the workout.
1: It's not just a workout. It's not just the program. I want to have a whole masterclass course on nutrition and how to make nutrition as easy as possible for people. Mm -hmm. Basically stuff that I have in my free guide, but I'm going to be trying to like talk through it and like talk one on like not one on one to people, but like in a group setting in an intimate like zoom meeting where they can ask me direct questions that way they can get their questions answered directly instead of like hoping that i answer it either on my instagram or on a dm or i don't know on a random email
2: yeah it's a lot easier to answer like questions because when things are generalized like you don't really get i don't know feedback yeah. specific you don't get to the you feedback.
1: yeah i can make it individual And that's all the stuff you'd miss out if you did do the free trial and then canceled right after. Because then you'd have to just sign up for good without a free trial after that. So, I don't know. Take your pick. Take your pick. But yeah, lots of good stuff coming over there.
2: Very exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to try it.
1: Yeah. I think think we've hit all the points. We've given people a workout. We've given people a program. What's there left to do? What about after a workout? Should they stretch? Should they eat? I think we should finish with that question. Well, you just worked out before this podcast, right? I did just work out. So did you stretch? I did not stretch. Did you eat? I did not eat. Why not? Isn't there an anabolic
0: window, bro?
1: I am currently losing everything I worked for. <sighs> I, am, I am literally... Uh, shedding away. I can
2: I am literally watching his muscles shrink deep, deep. before my eyes.
1: Okay, that's it. Okay, that's a little too much. That
0: okay, okay, I'm noise. sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Um okay, let's talk about stretching after a workout. Tons tons of benefits come from stretching, but I what I think people don't realize is the downstream effects of like stretching, foam rolling after a workout. First thing I can think of with stretching is that you're Static stretching, right? So you're holding a position. You're holding it for 30 seconds. Benefits come, especially if you're breathing, using your diaphragm, breathing into your stomach. What you're getting is parasympathetic stimulation of the vagus nerve within your stomach. Um, So what's that going to do? It's going to get you into a rest and digest state. You're recovering. When does recovery start? Starts right right after your workout. Like the first thing you're doing right after a workout, if you're focusing on breathing, you're recovering. You're allowing that heart rate to come back down. You get that good heart rate variability. Your body can start to recover, start to send things like uh, repairing hormones, testosterone, estrogen, IGF, all the good hormones that you need for recovery to help build those proteins back up right after a workout. The other thing with static stretching is you're allowing the muscle to stretch out of the contracted state. You've been contracting the entire time. You do want to allow the muscle to get back. And I think the, the a good reason would be to maintain your posture so you don't have imbalances later down the road, which is what I've seen with myself is like a little issues with posture and stuff, just because like I'm always in... Like if I'm doing chess and I'm always in this state, I'm going to start to have rounded shoulders. And I think just releasing it, giving that pressure to allow the muscle to release feels good, makes me cognizant of needing to do certain things like mobility later before a workout, stretching after a workout downstream effects that I can think of is that most people who stretch after a workout have a very high success rate of completing their recovery protocol afterwards i don't know too many people who do stretch and don't do anything good the rest of the day i think a lot of people who stretch then they think about oh like i stretched what should i eat after i work out oh maybe a high protein meal a high protein meal or a high protein shake And maybe I'm going to take a cold shower. Maybe I'm not going to stress myself the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess I didn't think about that. I didn't think about it that far.
1: I think of it very far. We get, yeah, I I do things in my thoughts.
2: Well, I'm hoping that if any of my clients are listening, that they don't skip out over Stretching after they finish their workouts. I feel like if it were me and I were doing your workout and mm. you had some stretches for me at the end, I'd be like, eh, mm. "I already did the workout. I'm just gonna walk yeah. out."
1: Mm. Yeah, you should make them listen. You should mm. make them listen to this podcast. But not saying it's the end of the world if you don't stretch. I think that
2: it would be beneficial. It
1: would be beneficial. There's it's nothing a good bad. Idea. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad that comes from stretching after a workout.
2: And if anything, it helps with body awareness. And like you said, it Mm. makes you feel good. So we love what makes us feel good.
1: Yeah. And then with the anabolic window, Mm -hmm. the 30 minutes after. So the reason why it's been perpetuated that it's 30 minutes after is because supplement companies want you to buy their product. So if they create this notion that you have to eat 30 minutes after a workout, How how often are people able to cook an entire meal 30 minutes after their workout? Most meals take a little longer than that, right? Like driving back from, let's say you only live 10 minutes away from the gym, to drive back home from the gym after your stretch, Uh 10-minute stretch, 10-minute drive back home, it's already 20 minutes, Oh no, I only have 10 minutes left before the anabolic window closes. What's the best thing I can do? I can buy a protein shake at the store because they have it and the the supplements companies have been telling me that if I don't get it within 30 minutes, I'm going to I'm going to lose all my progress. They make it so
2: damn urgent.
1: Yeah. And so I just want to leave off by saying the anabolic window has actually been shown that even a four-hour post-workout meal still gives you the same benefits as if you were to ingest something right after a workout. The difference would be if you're working out twice that day. Of course, you would want to eat a little sooner. I don't think you can wait a whole four hours unless you just have like literally the entire day to work out. If you're working out at 6am and 6pm, yeah, maybe you could wait four hours to digest to to wait to eat and then still be able to digest and still have a good workout. So if you're having, but if you're having two workouts, yeah, I can see the benefits of eating right after a workout. I just want you to know that it's not the end of the world. If you don't get in your meal 30 minutes after a workout, you can, you can have it a little later. It's perfectly fine. But I think you also need to be cognizant of making the right or good food choices. You do want that high, a meal high in protein because you have this muscle protein synthesis going on. Your body needs the protein to recover. So I think when people start to drag it out and wait and get hungrier and hungrier, they make poor decisions. So mm-hmm. maybe there is some benefits to that 30-minute window. It's like, okay, I need to be urgent. I need something high in protein. Okay, maybe a shake. That suffice. I can see some benefit, but I just want you to know not the end of the world. If you're doing it four hours after. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we've guided people through a workout, through how to program and what to do after a workout. I feel like we should be paid for this, but we're not. This podcast is free. We still have tons of free info on our Instagram pages. You can find Monica at ASAPMoney on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Or wait, oh, wait, yeah. your, your Twitter is ASAPMoney96? No,
2: nope, it's just ASAPMonnie.
1: Oh, ASAPMoney. Wow, you got all three. You got the trio. Me too. I got the trio. You can find me on Instagram at VAllenYee. So when, when I say V, I think people say, think I say V. Oh, V.
0: Yeah.
1: So I say VAllenYee. Like Megan the Stallion,
2: uh huh. But with one one e,
1: right? With one e. But if that didn't make sense to you, or you don't understand what I'm saying, it's at the Allen Yee. at the Allen Yee on all of those Instagram, Twitter, and what was the other one? Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, 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 TikTok. So we're on there giving free information. And this podcast has its own Instagram page. The at is at Media, And so we'll leave it at that. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. If you do, give it a thumbs up and share it on your story or to a friend or family member that might find this information highly beneficial. We appreciate you guys. If you guys share it on your story, please tag us, tag uh, Monica, me, and Fitish Media, and we'll try to repost you. We just love seeing if this, these podcasts are reaching the people we want it to reach. Thank you guys so much. We will see you guys on the next episode of Fitish.